But in this episode, we're going to be talking about replacing bills or side hustling. So, right. So the first thing we do we talk about is side hustling. Side hustling, if you don't know, is making money outside of your main job, your main source of income. So whether it be different examples like driving for Uber, driving for uh, DoorDash, you know, there's many different examples of how you could side hustle your way. It's an extra source of income. So essentially what we're going to do is we're going to break down a few uh, things that you can do to replace bills um, in a few industries that you've probably never really thought, thought about, you know, getting started in, right? So the whole idea is, you know, to replace small miscellaneous bills first. It ain't all about getting to the quote-unquote bag first and foremost. When I started, I just want to replace small shit. Small stuff, and you know, talking about phone bill, utility bill, water bill, cable, stuff like that. That's stuff that you want to replace first. And that's pretty fairly easy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if you work, for example, let's say five days a week, and you know you need some extra cash, you know, that's more bills at the end of your month than money, then you can easily, you know, start doing DoorDash, Instacart, you know, stuff like that to bring in some extra income. Right. And it you don't know. have to be through um, another company or another job. You actually start doing it your own. So the one thing, uh, for example, that I did in college um, while I was trying to make extra money on the side, one of the few things I did was, uh, since it's off the record now, um, I did people homework for money. So I would find people that in my class were lazy, who really didn't want to do the work, who were pledging for other fraternities and sororities, and they just didn't have the time. Or it's pretty much, like I said earlier, just simply lazy. So I would find them. I'd say, hey, I see you're struggling with the homework assignment or the project assignment. I would like to do that for you for a small, you know, small fee. And I'll do it right in front of you. It'll take less than an hour, and you just pay me right back then and there. So it's all done, and you can enjoy the life that you want to live, right? So, for example, I did math homework, I did English projects, I did anything, you pretty much name it, I did it for a small fee, around 20, 20 to 15 bucks, depending on how much the course load was, right? So that's one of the small ways of side hustling that you could do. And I used that money to buy myself food and any other extracurriculars I had for myself that I wanted to do that I actually had the money for. And, you know, in college, as college students can definitely relate to, that we definitely were poor, uh, going through the transitioning of college and trying to uh, graduate with a degree, whether it be a bachelor's, a master's, or hell, even just your associate's degree, right, from a community college, just so you get something started. You want to find different sorts of income while your time is being taken away from something else. Right. So essentially, I did the same thing. Uh, so I did English homework for Colombian kids because <laughs> they wouldn't they wouldn't really know English like talking about it. So I personally would charge them like four hundred dollars every 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 month. Right. But also, like, know your clientele when you do your side hustling. Uh, Nick brought up a really good point that uh, he thought about his price points. And I guess, you know, as I brought up earlier, I brought my price points, right? College students are also oftentimes broke just as me. Mm-hmm. Unless they come from a very wealthy background, which you can't hate on that. Because that's what parents. Columbia. Right. <laughs> right. Hashtag cocaine money. Exactly. Right. As you know, I know you got it. <laughs> right. Columbia, right? And I talk to kids who are in fraternity and sororities that cost thousands, thousands of dollars each semester. Right. So I knew my price points when I was talking to them. So you got to understand the people that you're dealing with. So if you're dealing with someone that you met on Craigslist that you're doing side work for or somebody on Fiverr, you got to understand your price points, right? Because most people on Fiverr and Craigslist are just starting out their business. 
and they're trying to handle their business expenses as well. So know your clientele. That's one of the big things when it comes to side hustling with anything that you do. Know your clientele. And high key, it's nothing wrong with getting creative. For example, I was on Craigslist, you know, just brainstorming some stuff. And there was a guy, he had the right, I guess you could say the right mindset for what he was trying to do. He was dumpster diving, right? He was dumpster, he was dumpster diving for food. I thought it was some weird shit. But if he was dumpster, dumpster diving behind, let's say somewhere like GameStop or like Office Depot, you could probably find some good gems. Um, don't don't take my word for it because I'm not right. dumpster diving for nobody. Right. Um, but you know what I'm saying? But you got to get creative. You know what I'm saying? You can really turn whatever, you know what I'm saying, to a little small business where you can make generate some form of income. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, DoorDash is a great example. If you have a car, you know, you want to kind of turn that car into an asset. First, yep. So that brings us into uh, finding quality side hustles that you could compound, right? So Nick brought up a really good example of uh, compounding your your car, right? Using your car to compound your uh, side hustling money that you could possibly make. So you could do go from Uber Eats to Instacart, go from Instacart to putting your car on Toro, or um, there are also other companies that do allow you to rent your car to other users. But also do be careful and make sure you have full coverage insurance just in case someone drives off with your car. You don't bring a bag, things of that nature, right? You want to make sure that you have insurance set in place. So that's what we mean by fine quality side hustles. Right, exactly. Um, and really what I tell people, man, the service-based business is always the best way to go. Um, don't be out here trying to be like, oh, I'm going to get all this money. If you max out my credit cards, I'm going to make six figures. It don't work like that. Yeah, it takes, it takes time to really scale up a side hustle into a full-time business. Right. You know what I'm saying? So take your time with it. Um, understand Rome wasn't built in a day, neither your business will either. Right. But it will grow if you consistently put in the time and the effort into it and the whole work into it. Right. And then it also brings up a point um, with quality side hustles. You want to make sure it has scalability. That's the first thing that makes it actually quality. Right. So with Uber, Uber Eats or, you know, just driving for Uber, there's not much scalability with that. Think about it. You're just picking up a client. And dropping them all. It's not a whole lot you really scale with it. You could add additional products to it, right? To where once you pick up a, um, a passenger, you could promote your business or promote the different products that you sell or push different ideas, right? Um, I was reading an ebook about a guy who drove for Uber, and the one thing he always did was he just brought up the idea of him creating his own business to his clients and then just talking to them throughout the ride. And sooner or later, that led to more sales in his business, right? But Uber by itself will not get you to the promise land that you really want. It's great to make extra money on the side to like cover vacations, cover extra food expenditures, uh, cover a loss of a job or loss of hours at work if you're working hourly. It's great for those things, but make sure you have a side hustle that can actually scale as well. Right. You want to, let's say for example, let's say for example you are doing Uber Eats. A cool thing that you could potentially do is add decals to the side of your car, right? I'm saying that right. Yeah, add decals, right. So yeah, yeah decals, magnetic advertisements. Um, there's plenty of companies that do it. There's other companies that will definitely pay you about two to $300 a month to put advertisements on the side of your car. Yes, it's going to look a little tacky, a little like, ghetto, you remember, if, if it's not done properly. You remember the damn cars used to roll by in the projects <laughs> <laughs> with, with, the, with the Cheeto, with the Cheeto right. logo on that joint? Right, the Cheeto logo, the Trix logo, like a box of cereal on aisle four at Walmart. If I see you, I will talk shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Now, mind you, I'm not knocking hustle. Right. I'm going to talk I mean, shit just for a second. Get your money. <laughs> get your money. Get your money. But um, make sure it makes sense, right? So make sure everything you do is of, of quality. Nothing wrong with stripping. Right. I did that one my, my first semester of college. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because the military didn't cover it because right. I started too late. Right. And that brings up the, the new big thing, the OnlyFans, right? So if you are starting your OnlyFans, there's nothing wrong with that. That is one of those things that can possibly scale your business up to what you got going for yourself. You can go from OnlyFans to creating your own lingerie in a matter of a year or two, right? And you ain't got to be naked. Cassie's right. thirsty. Right. You don't have to be naked, right? You can show your feet, show, <laughs> show elbow. People have weird fetishes. <laughs> Look, some people like licking elbows, man. That's that's not much you can really do with that. I feel like there's some truth to that. You lick elbows, right? That's you know, they, look, people have, again. All right, so people have different uh, different fetishes, right? Text my lady on. Got some bomb kneecaps, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Text your girl that today and see what she says. Don't see text her right now. See what she, see what she says. <laughs> but <laughs> I swear to God, I'm texting her right now. Right. But Baby, um, we have some. Bomb ass kneecaps. Some people like sexy kneecaps. I don't, I don't necessarily know what a sexy kneecap look like, <laughs> but you know, uh, OnlyFans is one of those things that a lot of people look down upon, and you know, it's it's really on you and how you feel about it. But at the same time, um, I do want to bring up the idea of scaling it towards something else. It don't have to be just OnlyFans. You don't have to just show yourself naked, right? And again, again, I'm a huge fan of the subscription model. I think subscription model is what the world is moving towards to. Um, think about how many things are on subscription based, like your cell phone bill, your cable bill, your car insurance is subscription based. Think it or not, your health insurance you pay that monthly, right? So subscription based business model is is going to be the next wave, right? And I'm implementing that in my business as well because I just I pretty much going to double down on it. I think this is the new way of going. You will lose money, a little bit of money up front that you could possibly make, but you will have your clients over the long haul. Right. Um, necessarily, that's going to get to another episode of like financing stuff creatively. Right. Because um, it brings back something I was saying previously. You got to get creative, man. You can't just, just the way things are going right now, <laughs> she responded. Right. You, <laughs> you, can't, you can't just get caught up as to what everybody else is trying to do. Um, I, everybody wants to do real estate. Um, there's different ways to get started in real estate. You don't necessarily have to like use credit cards. You can either do tax liens, you can do mortgage note investing, you know, and that can all come from side income. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, I had a friend of mine, before she moved to Las Vegas, she was doing DoorDash full time. She was making like $45 a month doing DoorDash. Now, I don't know how she did it, but I know she was out here getting it. Early in the morning, she probably wouldn't come back so about four or five in the afternoon, but she was getting it. You know what I'm saying? Because she's like me, you know, getting fired on a day off. So you know, don't 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 get so caught up into trying to do what everybody else is doing, um, and don't get caught up with rent seeking, um, i.e., trading stocks when you know damn well that thousand dollars is the only money you have. Right. That's not the best route to take. Right. So let's go into that. So um, since with COVID. COVID-19 is going through um, the world rapidly, right? It's pretty much changing everything the way everything has been has been done before and changing everything going forward, right? So one of the big side hustles that, um, 
that was created from COVID, even before COVID, uh, is day trading. Day trading with stocks, right? Um, be careful when you day trade with money that you barely have, right? And trying to keep up with people who day trade and have a safety net of finances that can make risky trades for a living. Be careful with that, right? So when Nick brought up uh, rent seeking, rent, rent seeking uh, in more professional terms, is looking for another source, looking for a source of income, right? After you've been laid off or after money has been, been really tight with you and your family to try to make a quick buck to pay your rent, right? That will oftentimes lead you to be in a much worse position than you currently started out with, right? Broke never mind. Right, seeking, seeking gold when there's no gold to be, to be uh, had. If you actually do your research and actually understand it the environment that you're putting yourself into when you join uh, different silos to different uh, avenues of business. Right. right. So uh, the big popular one is Forex. Nick can go in a little bit about Forex. <laughs> Forex. <laughs> Since you have like prior, you have prior experience. I have more prior experience with um, Not dude, I got a couple stocks. Of yeah, that's the stock market itself. I got a couple of trades going right now. Right. Forex is extremely, for one, is we already know it's risky. Um, emotionally, it will be the most stressful stuff that you ever will do in your life. <clears throat> it's essentially the same thing as being in a toxic relationship. Um, because essentially, your trade might not go in the direction that you wanted to go all the time. Um, you might not make the money that you want to make in the time that you want to make it in. Um, and it's true that most traders do fail. And it's not from the fact that they can't trail. It's from the fact of an emotionally, um, an emotional standpoint. Right. You don't. You, know, you don't think very clearly when you got other things in your mind, like your rent being due. You have. You don't have the money to cover it. Um, you got your family to take care of. You have kids to take care of. You have maybe elderly and other parts of your family that you are responsible for. You got to be careful when you try to make these risky uh, investments, right? Um, I look at Nick talked about a little bit about forex. I talk, I'm talking more about uh, the stock market itself. I look at that as more of a long term, long term investment, right? A lot of people don't have all day, every day to sell the stock market in and out. And the people that do, like the hedge fund managers that you see uh, at Wall Street, and all the other fund managers that you see on CD Ameritrade and, um, and Fidelity, right? Those people have time all day, every day. Right? It's their job to study the stock market, study the different uh, signals that come that they need to analyze and study and make the right prediction of whether or not the stock price is going to go up or down or whether the company is worth investing for the long term or short term or to day trade. So be careful. Again, you don't have all the study those things. So what makes you think that you're more knowledgeable than those people, right? Ooh, I'm going to give you a quick story time. <coughs> oh, oh, oh. Anywho. So essentially, let's say about three years ago, um, I was, that's how I went and actually traded full time. So, I was working at the Walmart DC. I stacked up all this bread along with credit cards, you know, funding for myself. Um, and I was, at the time, I was a pretty good trader. You know what I'm saying? I would make, you know, about a good thousand a week. It wasn't too, too bad. It's pretty good. But, you know what I'm saying? I want what most people want. I want the, I want the damn Lambo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, right, we all want nice things. So, I maxed out my credit cards and I had a trading account of about 50K. So the first week, I want to say I made about 17000 You know, anybody would say, oh, man, that's freaking amazing. It was amazing. But I'm like, I want my goddamn Lambo. I need a few hundred thousand dollars. So I, I, I had a couple of trades going. Um, 
that were doing pretty good, and then I got cocky. What made it even worse, my sister passed away at the same time. So whenever you trade, you're not supposed to go through any type of emotional trauma and still trade. That's not how none of that works. Right. You know what I'm saying? You want to have a neutral mind. You want to be really just chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, really neutral, um, a quiet area the way you can just chill out and, and handle your business. So once that happened, I'm taking risky trades. I'm I'm really out here wilding. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should have backed up when I lost my first, really, 15000 <laughs> out of that profit. But I didn't. I kept trading. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're trying to like, oh, no, I'll make it back. I'll make it back. And that's why I kept telling myself until, boom, guess who has five bands in their account? And they stopped going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now I'm like, I got to freaking pay my damn rent. You know, at the time I did have a roommate. I got to pay my rent. I got to pay my portion of the bills, car note, all this other stuff with five, with a 5K account. So anybody who's traded before, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know the stress level that comes with that. And then you have to add added stress because now I owe the bank money. <laughs> so now not only do did I lose the money I had in my savings in that trading account, I owe the bank money. <laughs> so now I put myself in the worst position trying to, you know, print money out of thin air. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to trying to do it the right way. Right. And then, you know add that as a supplement as opposed to the main source of income. Mm-hmm. So that's just really something to think about before you want to trade full time. Right. It's, it's, it's there to supplement what you have going on, not necessarily that to replace it. Right. So with that being said, uh, we're going to transition a little bit into, um, in terms of just Forex, I'm still on Forex a little bit because I've noticed um, a large upscale of people joining Forex groups. So... Here's my take on it, right? Be careful who group you join, because again, their profit margin is based on you just joining, not necessarily how well the trades are done. And all they're doing is teach you how to copy and paste. If you really want to learn Forex, uh, find people who value teaching you the actual information to learn how to actually trade Forex, right? Learn the signals, learn what a stop loss is. That's really important. A lot of people don't know what stop loss is. So stop loss is pretty much to stop your runs, stop your losses before you bleed out too, too much, right? Because one day you can wake up and the money you made yesterday and this whole week could be gone the next day, right? So make sure you know how you have stop losses in place and just trust the people that actually value just teaching you more information rather than just trying to get you to join a group, right? Just to make money off you. Because again, at that point, you're their product. You're no longer looking for another side hustle. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, there are a lot of things which you could do as well. Um, you can look into REITs. That's actually something that we're currently doing right now right. Um, to replace small miscellaneous bills. Um, that's something that you can do as well. Mm-hmm. You will need a nice sum of cash in it. But, you know, you want something to replace small bills like utility bills, water bills, small stuff. So that way, even just that small little bit of ink of expenses that are you know what I'm saying? Taken care of, that can lead you to take care of the big stuff later on. You know what I mean? Right. Because once you have all the miscellaneous stuff, um, now you can focus on that rent payment, you can focus on that car payment. Um, and then once those are knocked out, then that's when you can really focus on, all right, I'm about to stack. You know, then I'm about to make these moves. You know what I'm saying? Because right. now you can make moves without the stress of being, you know, of being in a place where, oh, damn, my rent doing the first. Right. I'm $300 short. I'm going to get it. You know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. Now you can take everything that you've implemented, everything that you've you know, studied for, and actually put it into practice. Right. And the biggest thing is uh, starting off, once you start getting your side hustle on and you got things going, and you're not on a month-to-month basis with your uh, payments, uh, build a safety net. So you want to build a three to six month safety net. Um, preferably a year. Yeah, pref- most you know most preferably a because, year. Because COVID showed that. Yeah, COVID showed everything. COVID especially, showed. especially if you got like a mortgage. And yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't have a, there's so many people that do not have a safety net that once it's forbearance stuff is over with, they're about to get slammed. You know right. what I'm saying? And it started to show a little bit too because now unemployment has been uh, additional Additional payments have been cut. Um, the stimulus, as of this point, is being uh, pretty much slowly, slowly negotiated on. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon before the election. Um, so you can't can't rely on uh, can't rely on other factors outside of yourselves, right? So build that safety net for you and your family. Um, if you if it's you and your wife, right, build a safety net each, right? So that way you have two years covered instead of just one, right? The small things like that you got to trick yourself into to actually save yourself if something like this were to happen again or if another um, pandemic wave of COVID happens again where we're all back on lockdown, right? So make sure you have a safety net. Um, let's get into goods, uh, service-based business that people can actually do. <clears throat> um, this is one that kind of helped me get out of that hole I was in. I took my last five grand. Uh, I thought it was a damn cleaning business. Right, because everybody gonna need their stuff clean, especially on the commercial side. Um, it's something that you can easily, not easily, you can scale it up. It's not gonna be easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something that you can really, you know, hire employees. You know, hire your wife, hire your husband, um, right. even your kids if they're old enough. You know what I mean? To help you out to do it. Right. Um, if you have a lawn care business, that's a great, you know, side income as well. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because um, it brings in income, grass gonna keep growing whether we as human beings are here or not. Right. <laughs> grass gonna be there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Different things that you can do. If you do hair, you know what I'm saying? My niece, she's like 30 something now. She's been doing hair since she was like 16. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you have that talent, you could do that. You can do makeup, you could do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. There's a lot that you can do that people are gonna pay you for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, it don't have to be like. Other corporations where they have millions and millions and millions of customers, right? Start slow, understand that you don't need a billion customers to make a decent side hustle, right? You have a thousand customers, right? Just throughout the whole year that pay you maybe 20 or 30 bucks for your services, right? A thousand customers, that's about 20,000, 30,000 a year right there. And that's just pretty much a basic side hustle outside of your nine to five job, right? That you want to transition of out into your business. So there's different things like Nick said, you can start your own, um, Start your own t-shirt business just to start small so that way you get your feet wet. Um, I have a friend who actually has like a candle business. Uh, she pretty much creates her own candles. Shout out to her. Uh, Noir Candles, I believe the business name is. I'm going to have her join us on the podcast later on when we get more episodes in. But yeah, and um, you know, just start small. Start small. And just slowly build up. Exactly, exactly. So uh, the one last thing before we uh, get you guys, since you guys are your married way to enjoy your day, um, the biggest thing when it comes to side hustling, right, in order to know how to replace your bills, you got to know what your bills are and your expenses are. So the biggest thing we do both promote is knowing your expenses, right, and know your budget. Know how much you can actually save and know how much you can actually spend on a certain item. 
whether it be your rent, whether it be uh, car insurance, internet, anything of that nature, or your special curricular activities when it comes to vacations, eating out, you know, things like that, right? Know your budget. Be honest with yourself about how much you could actually spend and make sure each month you're saving as much as you possibly can, right? So you want your bills, your actual living expenses bills to equal out to about 30 to 35 to 40% of your uh, income, right? If you can get to a sweet spot of 30%, that would be great. So that way, the extra 70 is 60 to 70% of your income, the money that you're bringing in either from your side hustles or your nine to five life, uh, that money either go for savings or any extra career things that you want. So that way, you're not put into a position where you have to rent seek. Right. And then I know budget is not really the sexiest thing, but you got to understand that <laughs> you might be popping right now, but you might not be popping six months from now, right? So you might make, let's say, for example, 4K this month, you know, because your side hustle took off, you know, you're no longer working. Later on the line, you know what I'm saying, you might only make 3K, you might only make 2K. But if you budget it right and you stack your money, you can get through those slow months and get right back to a month to where it's good. Because you got to remember, with anything, businesses have ebbs and flows, right? Um, say, for example, you have a you know, lawn care business. Once winter hit, you have to do other stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to be cutting grass all the time like you were in the summer months, in the spring and the summer months. But do keep in mind that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, again, you like you said, business has like, it's like a roller coaster, right? Kind of like sitting at Sit Flags. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> it's awful, right, on the down months. But on the highs, it feels amazing. It feels great. It feels like you can do this every single month, right? So be honest about, you know, your budget and be honest about... Um, you have some money when it comes from your side hustles, right? So right now, like when COVID first happened with the lockdowns, um, Ubers, you know, you couldn't Uber, right? DoorDash became instantly popular. Instacart became instantly popular, right? Things of that nature because life will change, right? So be able to adapt and change with it. All right, so once again, hold on, I got you. So once again, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, or, so, or concerns, please feel free to email us, contact us in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we're trying to get out on all social media platforms, so that way you guys can get in contact with us. Uh, let us know what you guys think, right? If you do own a business, let us know. We would love to shout you out. Um, in the future, we're going to start shouting out different businesses at the beginning, the middle, and the end of our podcast. Definitely if it relates to... Um, the topic at hand and we'd like to enjoy invite some of you guys on as well right because i think everyone has different amounts of knowledge that they would like to share with us so please uh again stay tuned if you like anything else anything else you want to talk about please get in contact with us thank you guys and y'all have a great day